who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and with me is for a second week in a row another guest host co-host He's on the line. It's Nate Ringskirts. What's going on, Nate? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Thanks it's for go- having me. Yeah, we're, we'll get we'll get we'll get the uncutting off. It's it's going good. It's going good. <laughs> so this week we're gonna do a watch along, a part two watch along. Uh, Nate and I, where he attended a double raw taping back in '93. Yeah, '93, right before SummerSlam '93. And you can go back in the archives to hear that part one, and now this is part two. Uh, so I'll let you know where to get that in a second. Really quickly, I want to thank uh, Joel from our Vantage Point podcast again for being the co-host last week. I was just listening to their SummerSlam 94 Patreon show today. So make sure you follow them at LVP Podcast on Twitter. And I think they're giving away a couple of their Patreon subscriptions now too, so check them out. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. You can follow our guest co-host on Twitter at Ringskirts. And you can find all of our past shows and future shows for free in your favorite podcast app. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast if this is your first time listening. Appreciate that. And if you're a longtime listener, appreciate you even more. Uh, first-time listeners, we normally do nostalgic look-back shows. And as someone said, the show content is pretty much, hey, you remember that? And that's, and that's what it is. That's the deal. And the goal of the show is generally to make people think about things they haven't thought about in decades because I'm a weirdo and do that all the time. And because I was such a big wrestling fan growing up, most of my memories are tied into wrestling. And I think, Nate's you're pretty similar with that too, right? Yeah, you know, Steve, for me, your show has been the I'm not the only one show. Mm-hmm. Because the things you guys remember and the things you guys thought were stupid or funny or awesome were the same things that apparently we all thought were stupid and funny and awesome. Yes, like collecting or having imaginary feuds or wrestling, booking matches with your pillows or, or whatever. It was yeah. all a thing. And making wrestling appointment television, man, what a time to be alive. Hat guy. Hat guy? Well, from, yeah. from WrestleMania 7? Yeah. Okay, of course, of course. Okay, so really quick, uh, this is a episode of Monday Night Raw from 1993, right before SummerSlam 93. This was actually a double taping that Nate went to. So if you want to watch along with us, we're going to hit play in a few minutes here. It's the August uh, 9th, 1993 of Raw. So if you go on Peacock, go to Raw, go to Season 1, Episode 29, which, you know, seasons, whatever. And we'll be there for you. We're going to hit play at about the two-second mark, so pretty much the whole show. Uh, so recap, Nate, again, where you were, not not the long story. You can have a long story for that on the original show that you did for part one. But this taping, so you get you you got there. You didn't know it was going to be a Raw. Where was it? Kind of give us the quick backstory of this show and you attending and how old you are, all that stuff. So I was about 10 years old, I think. Um, my father was in the summer. He brought to my attention while reading the paper out back that the WWF was coming to a town about 45 minutes away from us. And I'm like, well, can we get tickets? And they went back and forth, finally get, got tickets for it. Had no idea what it was. It was taped on a Sunday. Um, ended up being raw. Ended up being two episodes. And we had a blast. It was in a small, like small recreation center at a resort. I think they had like horse stables there or something like that. Mm -hmm. And like one of the things, if you look at some of the websites that recap all these events and stuff, they all label it as castle resort. It's actually called Bonnie castle resort, which 
only the 200 people that were there would know that. Was, so Los what was the attendance like? Like how many people were, was there like 200 people there? Was it a, like, what was it? I mean, it was full. It was yeah. a packed house. There, there were no empty seats, but it was like, it wasn't even an arena. It was like, I think they, they put on like horse performances or something. <laughs> Where else would they have potentially performed around this area? Is there an arena? Is there a, like a minor league hockey arena or anything around there they could have went to? Yeah, they would have had to gone to Ottawa, the capital of Canada. <laughs> well, this is America. We want we want the U.S. locations. Right. I, I grew up on the border. That would be like the closest even minor league hockey team to us. Okay, that, okay. That, no, no. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, mean they, when when wrestling came to town, other times it came to my high school <laughs> hockey rink, mm-hmm. which was bigger than this arena <laughs> so, so you're 10 years old how long have you been watching wrestling at this point you're are you week to week all in oh yeah okay absolutely what yeah. did you start i think we've, i'm sure we've asked this before what did you start watching how old were you what was your first like memories watching week to week um i think i started watching sporadically i remember like hogan um hogan earthquake feud from 90 okay yeah but i remember going full in with the uh um, match made in heaven, match made in hell. That's SummerSlam. So what's that? Ninety one. Yeah, that's right. That's the pay per view after WrestleMania seven. Yeah, so that's when I was full in watching everything I could get my hands on. And then, of course, you're going back and renting tapes, and just like everyone else did, kind of piecing through here. So you're in week to week. When Raw came out, big deal because it's a new wrestling show. First off, uh, I was a little disappointed they were getting rid of prime times. I love prime time wrestling. Uh, but once Raw came on, it was like, okay, we're all in. And I don't realize it, but they didn't start booking the main feuds on Raw until, what, 94-ish? Like, even in the 90, even maybe in 95, because Superstars was still a lot of the main feuds were booked on Superstars, it seemed like. Yep, a lot of it was still on Superstars. Okay, but so, I, go ahead. For me at the time, I still felt like Raw was, was the best. I mean, it had such a, I don't know... Although it wasn't live every week, it felt live every week. Well, plus not being on in the morning on the weekend makes it feel like a bigger deal anyway. Because you're in and, Saturday morning, you're in the same conversation as Saved by the Bell, which, you no know, offense to Saved by the Bell, but it's not the same as being in the same category as ER or Caroline in the City, you know, something on Monday nights. Yeah. But, and I really like the... Uh, the smaller venues. Like I know some of them look kind of crappy like this one, for example, but there's something to be said about that intimate setting for a wrestling show. So you're here and this is a double taping. We're in the second, was it, this was shown in order, right? Like the first episode was taped and then the second episode was taped. They aired in that order for back to back weeks, right? Yes. Um, but it was semi order. They had some dark matches in between. Yeah. Um, so, and they were like sporadic. So like, it wasn't that one episode was filmed in its entirety. They may have had a, a dark match in between episodes, like okay. middle of an episode. Too. Did you know when you went there? Because I wouldn't have known that they taped multiple shows. I didn't know that they taped multiple shows. I didn't know that they pre-taped things at the time. The fact that, I mean, this whole night, there's a couple of things that broke kayfabe for me. The one thing was the fact that they were taping two shows and they were taping Raw on a Sunday. That blew my mind. Mm. And they they actually addressed it. I mean, when Howard Finkel took the mic and addressed the crowd to begin the show, he started by saying, we know tonight is Sunday night, but tonight is also Monday Night Raw. And that's how we figured it out. And we were like, holy crap. This is happening. Had you been yeah. to any shows before this? I and- had been to one... Um, kind of mishmashed indie show. So no WF shows. No WF shows. Um, but that indie show we're going to go back to because that has to do with the kayfabe spoilage that we'll get to later in the episode. All right. Well, let's just get into it. Uh, we're both about ready to go. When you when I say play, just have your finger on the trigger, Mister Ring Skirts, and we'll go. And like I said, I have mine in about two seconds. You ready? I'm ready. All right. And on play one. Two, three, play. So we've got the opening shot of Comiskey Park, Chicago, my White Sox. Look at the Let's Express outside of it. 
Lex is talking right. to Tim Raines, Hall of Famer. I would have. He's got a Lex is throwing out the first pitch with the American flag shirt and fanny pack. And we go to the classic intro. So I kind of remember the Lex Express coming to Comiskey Park because it was in the, my think it seemed like my dad like was reading the paper. And, you know, I like glanced out of the corner of my eyes, like, what is wrestling doing over? Like, what is this Lex Luger? Because they showed the picture. And, you know, of course I wanted to go, but there's no way in hell I was going to go there. Yeah. You regret it to this day. I do. Although I don't think I would have gotten to see him. Maybe a picture in front of the bus. You could have seen the bus. Yeah, that's true. That would have been, that'd have been nice. So we got the live like crowd the- here. Everyone's got their foam fingers. Did you get any merch? I think we asked you this before. Yeah, I got a pair of Bret Hart glasses and a red Hacksaw Jim Duggan foam 2x4. You didn't go with the Macho Man foam finger, which seems pretty popular in the crowd here tonight? Did not. I, I went with the 2x4 because I figured I could play with it. Okay, yeah, I understand. There's a girl, looks like she's probably a local at said stables that you're talking about here. Not. She's in multiple episodes as a raw girl. Okay. Uh, how about Bobby Heenan's orange windbreaker we got here? This is epic. Dude, I have talked to uh, a dude that makes a bunch of repro stuff, yeah. saying that that's one of my most wanted items. I just a ordered a repro shirt. Um, I'll let everyone know when it gets here, the quality of it. I ordered the uh, two dudes with attitude repro. Oh. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it comes up. Is that an all around print one? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a Tonka coming out here. Big pop for Tatanka. So I remember when Tatanka came, he went down the aisle so fast, we didn't even see him. Well, the aisle isn't, isn't too long either. Let's face of Mr. Hughes. I always hated Mr. Hughes. He's the worst. Pretty much hated anybody. Ooh, they got Tatanka Tomahawk. That would have been a good thing to get, the Tatanka Foam Tomahawk. Yep. And they've got the, uh, the neon entrance area. So by the way, have you figured out have you considered yet how to reconfigure your uh, back the arena entrance stage to the WF instead of WWE logo? Is that still cooking oh, in your yeah. head? Full plan. I have the parts ready. <laughs> I just need to have it measure it and make it done. I did see it in person at Access. It was pretty cool. Uh, this also area of Raw, there's no Raw aprons yet. It's just the plastic blue tarp style apron. Yeah, there weren't Raw aprons until like Raw's War. I feel like they at least had the, uh, like the new generation logo at some point on them. They did use the, uh, the multicolored WF logos. Yeah. Yes, that's right. They'd go to that. Yeah. Mr. Hughes Probably. has got, got the glasses basically like goggles screwed onto his head. George Costanza style. Do so we I'm see pretty- you here? Do we see you on the wide shot on the aisle? Oh. So where are you sitting in this show? Right. If you're walking down the aisle, I was on the rail to the left. Okay. Pretty good so seats. Yeah, but I think I was back more. Pretty good seats. Who was your favorite in 93? Who are you most pumped to be able to see potentially on this show? I was uh, delusional, still hoping that Hogan would come back. Okay. I mean, it only been a couple months. Yeah. I was wearing my Hogan shirt that night. And if he was going to make a comeback, you know, a horse stable in upstate Pennsylvania <laughs> is the place to be, right? A kid can dream, right? A kid can dream, yeah. The the boyhood dream has come true for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this this seems like it's weird because Mr. Hughes was, was a jobber, but not really because he's involved with like the Undertaker. He stole the Undertaker's urn. Yeah. It's kind of kind of very strange here. That damn thing. Yeah. The uh, they also have he's got the what is it the the wreath the black wreath on the outside that the Undertaker's ministry his creatures of the night left for Mister Hughes it's from his his ghouls. Did you ever? I'm not were sure you, go ahead. I'm sorry. Side that night. The ghouls. Were you ever able to buy pay per views as a kid, or did you have to wait until they came out in video, or did you have the illegal box? Um. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Sure. So we didn't have the, my dad didn't have like the right cable box and he refused to upgrade it to get pay-per-view. Yep. That was a thing I remember. It wasn't until 
I think WrestleMania 12, I found out that a family friend had a cheater box and he would tape them for me. A couple of them, not very many, like three or four during the, like after WrestleMania 12. Yeah. And he'd give them to me the night after. But once the Attitude Era came, I had a friend whose dad was pretty cool and would order the pay-per-views for us. There you go. So, you know, so SummerSlam 93 is coming up. I was pretty pumped for it. I don't even, this is just, this, this raw is just like a match. We're ready to have a commercial break. What's weird is I don't remember commercial breaks as a kid during matches, but I guess it's a thing. It's always been a thing. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. And why not? I mean, if you're trying to say it's a live event, there'd be things that like stop during commercial break. Hughes has got the nerve hold kind of on Tatanka here. Look how sweaty he is. Harvey Whippleman, downtown Bruno. Is he's he the manager? Like a a peacock commercial. Is he? You you have oh you have a you, you don't have premium peacock, do you? You're watching commercials. So I should probably skip ahead. That's okay though. All right. Well, this isn't going to work as for a watch along if you didn't upgrade cuz I'm already watching stuff here cuz you're going to it's going to go to a commercial. So what I'll do cuz you can't skip commercials either, can you? Right. This definitely isn't going to work. It's an extra $5 that I have commercials. Just get no commercials. Five bucks is five bucks, Steve. Okay. Well, what I'll do is I will uh, pause and I'll wait for you. We can chat. Well, you can tell me when it comes back. And um, what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll basically just skip until the end of this match here. Because we're not going to be able to line, li- to line it up. Oh, here we go. I will pause. So I'm right at the point where Tatanka just got thrown over the top rope to the floor. So you let me know when you get there, and I'll hit on pause. But so with this show, you're there, and okay, I'm, okay, that's fine. Just let me know when Tatanka's over the on the floor. Yeah, it's there. Okay, I'm good, and I'm I'm back on it now. So with this show here, you're there, and you're trying to figure out kind of what's going on. Was there any lulls? Was there an intermission? I'm just trying to get put myself back in your shoes in 1993. I don't remember an intermission at all. Yeah. I remember it was match, 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 match. Mm-hmm. And the whole night seemed to fly by to me. Yeah. I mean. Now, I know you're Mr. Mr. Creating Arenas and stuff. Why haven't you created, recreated this arena? It seems pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tatanka just won by yeah. count out, by the way, <laughs> for those watching at home. You're just going to have so to let me know, the, let me know yeah. next time it's a commercial. What's that? This is the match where Mr. Hughes' glasses broke. I think Tatanka chopped him uh-huh. and it shattered. Isn't that funny how that actually was a thing to be concerned yeah. about, right? It was probably the first time anyone had ever seen his eyes. Well, I was just watching some old like 2005 stuff because I was not watching at all, right, during that time. And I've I've tried to go back and watch it. And it was the Chris Masters Master Lock storyline. I'm like, oh, yeah, this was a thing. And like when someone, I think Bobby Lashley finally broke it. I'm like, man, kudos for them for bringing something like that back. You know, something silly, but they, they, they stayed with it. Have you seen Mr. Hughes like on the convention circuit? I have not. Have you lost a ton of weight? He looks like a completely different guy. Are we sure it's Mr. Hughes and not just a guy who calling himself Mr. Hughes? Like the guy who dresses a like doink everywhere? Thing, but <laughs> Or like Dink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to OVP for the Dink. Just way too much for his autograph. You, Dink does? No, Mr. Hughes. How much of Mr. He can't charge more than 20 bucks. He was charging like 40. No. Yeah. Oh, man. That's. I'll go get it from Vader instead. <laughs> well, that was like at WrestleCon when all these guys like Slaughter and stuff were charging 50 and like Brutus is charging 60. Like, what are you guys doing? There's no line for Adam Cole. I'm at an Icro Pro commercial now with Tatanka in the WWF gym. Imagine seeing Tatanka in the gym with his red hair. I can't. I thought for the longest time that that was real. Like his hair was real. 
We've got a kid now in the crowd waving the oh yeah Macho Man finger. And here we go. We're going to find out who is Lex Luger. <laughs> college. He went to so college. Watching these episodes back just after they aired. And I did not care about these vignettes at all. So you were not on board the Lex Express. Because they wanted to hear who is Lex Luger. They didn't care about wrestling at all, but they cared about this vignette for some reason. Well, I was all in on Lex. Everyone knows my love of Lex Luger, especially made in the USA Lex Luger, and I'm still pissed they didn't give him the title at SummerSlam in 83. But what's funny is, so they're doing this little talking thing. This is probably the same studio they did the tribute to Hulkamania. Remember Vincent Hogan before WrestleMania 8 in Stanford? This is probably the same thing, the black background. They probably had to cover up all the uh, Hogan banners and stuff that were there before. They never took them down. (laughs) Oh, shit. Or they're hoping Hulk will come back. We what is your have any merchandise to hang up at this time? You don't? Or no, I say he, he doesn't. <laughs> have you, you've had to have met Lex Luger, right? What's that? You've met Lex before, right? He's at every convention. Oh, I haven't. Really? He has the convention that I've gone to. What do you get? You're just an eight by 10 guy, right? You don't, cause you keep all, you open up all your figures and stuff. Just eight by tens for you. Just eight by tens. Um, Sometimes like a prop, like I have a full size two by four by Duggan signed mm-hmm. and I have, yeah, I guess that's the only prop I have. So you brought a two by four to a convention. He's got them there. There are many ones, but he's got them there. <laughs> it was like a, it was, it was a Hogan and friends like speaking thing. Oh, that's right. You've got that famous picture with like you and like Jimmy Hart and Hogan and who and Valentine, right? I showed up there with a two by four with a giant Hogan poster in a tube and a pair of hedge clippers. Uh Uh-huh. I thought for sure security was going to be like bouncing my ass out of there, but luckily an event at the fairgrounds in Allentown had zero security, so I had no problem. Did you get all those items signed? I didn't get the Hogan poster, but I got a few 8x10s. I got the barber shears and the... by four signed. So was it just like a Hogan and friends was like Luger's still talking by the way. And every once in a while the flash to black and white and zoom in on his lips for some reason during this. He's like talking about Peggy. Oh, you know, Peggy, my wife, Peggy, you know, Oh, Oh, wow. Well, Peggy. Yeah. Yeah. The forearm, the motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, all I heard as a kid was blah, 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 football, blah, 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 football, not wrestling. Well, WWF was always so, Push well, I guess more mainly Jr. Like they look, they're also real athletes. They did football. They did this. Like as a kid, I could care less that someone was a former athlete in another sport. I could care less. You know, I would use it as an excuse sometimes to be like, "Hey, Dad, wrestling is cool because football." (laughs) Well, most of these guys weren't good football players, which is why they're here, with the exception of what, like Ron Simmons, maybe. (laughs) Everyone else sucked. Uh yeah. What was I just going to say? Talk about football, football, JR, all the other stuff. <laughs> School. Kids with classes. We're ready to go here with another matchup. Is this, is this, are you in a commercial or are you good to go? I'm good to go. Okay. Is this the whackers coming out? Are you doing the bushwhacker motion? Most likely. So this. <gasps> it's the mini macho midget. Oh my God. They had a custom made Macho USA jacket made for this guy. But it's the mask. I mean, it's like the worst version of Macho Man with a sunburn. Yeah, it's why. I mean, he must have looked nothing like the Macho Man, right? Well, it's Tiger Jackson. It's Dink. Is it? Yeah. Oh man. He's brewing kayfabe for me. So. I okay. I got a commercial. Okay, now. I'll hit pause. Let me know when you're back. Way that this one kayfabe for me is the independent show that I told you about that I went to featured the Bushwhackers, Tiger Jackson, and Little Louie, which is his midget opponent. Mm-hmm. And it they did the exact same match here on Raw. So I'm seeing like one spot after another spot, and I'm like, I just saw this last year. 
You remembered it from a year ago? (laughs) Taking notes like Meltzer? I'm back. So at that very moment, I realized that midget wrestling was fake. But regular wrestling was not? Oh, yeah. Regular wrestling was still real, but midget wrestling was completely phony. When did you first, when did you know, like, okay, wrestling's not on the up and up? (sighs) Probably when Vince told us. Really? (laughs) In like 97 with good guys versus bad. We here at the World Wrestling Federation. I'm like, okay. Quite frankly, having your intelligence insulted. (laughs) It's like, certainly the old saying of saying your prayers and eating your vitamins are passe. Good guys versus (laughs) bad bad guys. Shades of gray. I love them and hate them. I love swag. Me too. People like look back at them and say they were goofy. You look at footage of the Bushwhackers, everybody was having a good time. when they. Who doesn't do the Bushwhacker walk? Exactly. Let me know when you're back. Old people loved it. (laughs) Is that like the the bar? If old people love it, we're good? Yeah. I think we need more people in wrestling. It's understandable. Old people and kids? Yeah. We make movies? (laughs) Awkward sip of water. Not a giant gulp. <laughs> show people what we really do. We make movies. No, you don't. With the glasses in the rim of his nose. Love that so much. Ah, <laughs> oh, that whole show. That whole movie is just... Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> Talking about the fans. That girl, he's like, brought that girl in. Probably the highlight of her life. She'll pop pop out four or five kids with three or four different guys. I'm like, Jesus, Jake. <laughs> Spot the ass biting. Oh, man. Happened. Uh, you're right with this Macho Man mask, though. It's, it looks like it's like a Hollywood prop almost. It is. It looks like it's like paper mache. It's bad. Are... So, fun fact, um, the other midget, Little Louie, that's wheezy. <laughs> From the famous cheesy, queasy, peasy, steezy Survivor Series match? Yeah, Jerry's Little King. Okay. Versus Pink. I like how the Brooklyn Brawler is involved in this match as well. And if you watch like some like old like 1984, 85 footage, Little Louie wrestled back then too. He had a hell of a career. Little People Wrestling isn't, I mean, it, it's around, I think. Um, Actually, Tiger Jackson wrestled back then, too. Man. This is just... So, like, Dink is kind of like Max Mini style with how fast he moves. Right? It didn't who didn't Doink get Little. Dink as a present, too? <laughs> Did you say was he a present? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was from Santa Claus. <laughs> Yeah, Santa brought him for Doink, right? Yeah. So you're watching this thing as a kid. Are you like, this is amazing? Or are you embarrassed while watching this? I wasn't embarrassed. I was just disappointed that it was the same match that I saw with the same two guys a year prior. You're walking around telling everyone else this is bogus. (laughs) (laughs) Scab! It's a scab! It's all a big scam! (laughs) I'm not that kid. It was just like an internal slump of disappointment. So did you, I forgot, did you go with a friend to the show? Yeah. Okay. And his dad got roped into taking us. So I'm just thinking this kid, I hope there was beer here for that kid's dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I went to Disney on ice with my kid, I was like, oh man, <laughs> do they have beer here? <laughs> you asked about merchandise. My friend that I went with was a big Brett fan and he bought the uh, Brett tapestry that you traded me. Yeah. Yeah. He got that. That's what the one thing that he got that night. Nice. Tapestries didn't make comeback, I think. I'm kind of out of room for stuff down here, but luckily we're in a building. We're building out an office eventually where we're going to move stuff around. So a lot of my baseball stuff is going to get out of here. We haven't even pointed out this strange pairing. Like one of the Beverly brothers with little Louie and Brooklyn Brawler. Where's the other Beverly brother? Maybe he didn't make it. He must have not made it to the town. He must have been stuck somewhere. Right? 
I mean, that must be what it was, right? Which Beverly brother was in the ring when Scott Hall showed up on Nitro? Because one of them was. It was the Mauler versus Steve Dahl. This is just hard to watch. I I love wrestling, but I'm embarrassed watching this match. (laughs) I feel bad for you. You spend all this money to come to the show, hoping to see Hogan, and you get the shit macho man. The macho midget. But this wasn't his only appearance, right? Um, he was on the show previous that we watched. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know if he shows up again. I think the problem with this is there. I don't think the macho midget can see out of this mask. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the problem also is why wouldn't the macho man be with him? You know. Yeah, I like I like understand what you're doing there, Vince. I like it, but I'm not gonna go with the with the macho midgets. It's not it's not gonna work. And I dig it. Yeah, yeah, I like what you're doing, but it's not gonna work. Okay, yeah. Like make little Louie like a little brother Beverly. Why didn't they do a little Bushwhacker's little person? Oh, okay. All you would need was some camel pants and tank top. What would they call him though? I don't know the the. Little bushwhacker, little whacker. That's why, like gorilla, ah, little whacker over there <laughs> in the crowd. That's what they'd call him. And then Jesse Ventura is like, I wouldn't let him lick me, gorilla. This dirty uh, Minnesota accent. So, by the way, uh, this is completely unrelated. So, next to me now on my wall where my microphone is, I hung up my autographed copy of the wrestling album, the vinyl with where Jesse Ventura signed it. Uh-huh. And I'm just noticing this now, and I'm sure this is famous, but behind Elizabeth, classy Freddie Blassie is staring at Eliz's ass. <laughs> uh, I believe it. If, if get it t- when you get a sent, check or a second, take a look at it. I mean, thank God the Bushwhackers win this match because there'd have been a riot. And what town was this in again? Alexandria Bay. Okay. There'd have been a riot in the bay. They would have tore down this horse thing apart. <laughs> I wonder what was here, here on Saturday where they couldn't show up on Saturday. There was another horse show. <laughs> so who's one rest? Because I'm looking at this because they've got the contract signing coming up for this show. It's kind of like the main event of the show. I wish I could have gotten a Yokozuna photo op. What would have been your dream photo op with a deceased wrestler? Um, Honestly, probably Gorilla. Yeah, that's a good call. Gorilla and Bobby together, maybe. So many feels for Gorilla. I feel, although, of course, I don't know the guy. I feel like he's my long-lost, like, great uncle. Even now, like when I can't sleep, I'll put on a wrestling show. If it's a gorilla show, it's much easier to doze off to sleep than a Vince show. Mm-hmm. We got the uh, World Wrestling Federation champion, by the way, now coming out. Yokozuna. This is the big contract signing. Everyone's in the ring. So, For some reason, Yoko's got geisha girls there. I don't know why that matters, but so yeah. This was another kayfabe thing for me: is the geishas when they came out. So you see the American flags, the little flags in the yeah. crowd. They handed those out to us. The geishas did? No, not the geishas, but there was somebody handing out the flags to us, which I was, that kind of blew my mind. But a couple of us dropped our flags on the rail, and the geishas, when they came out, bent over and handed them back to us. Okay. I was like, they shouldn't do that. Well, they're not necessarily nationalists for Japan. They're They're just there to do a job. They're very nice. Jim Cornette here. I hated Jim Cornette as a kid, but growing up, you look back and see how gritty he was as a manager. So the last episode was his debut. I yeah. had no idea who he was. Me neither. Me neither. I just, whenever, it, it was pretty rare that someone showed up to the WBF when I was watching that I knew their history, where they were from. So whenever guys got repackaged or whatever, I didn't care because I didn't know them any differently. Even when Ric Flair came, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. My neighbor had to explain to me who he was. See, I think that's the only one that I did recognize because I'd watched 
a little WCW knew who Flair was. Ironically, the only time I watched WCW was when Flair was in the WWF. So I was watching in 92, 91, 92. When Luger was on top. Hence probably was, but I guess I knew who Luger was when he came over. Now I think about it, but. So get this. I discovered WCW because at the time I didn't know when things were on. Yeah. And I wanted to watch Saturday night's main event. I didn't know what channel it was on. So I was flipping through the channels and found uh, WCW Saturday night. And then you just like, oh, this is, wow, WWF looks weird tonight. <laughs> no, I knew it wasn't that, but I had flipped through the channels enough to find that there was nothing else on. So I watched this weird generic wrestling with nobody that I knew. Jack Tunney, that's another awesome photo op that we'll never get or an autograph. I know, but he'd be great on the circuit now. Oh, he would be doing it for sure. I'm mad I'm going to miss out on Mike McGurk at Eddie's Wrestling Con coming up this weekend. Oh, she's there? Yep. Might have to text our buddy Chad, Horror Movie Barbie, because Chad, I think, is doing a table. So I might have to text him, like, hey, go get me a Mike McGurk 8x10. Background? What's that? Young, skinny Bruce Pritchard in the background? He's not skinny. He's still fat and an idiot. Skinny. He's an idiot. Ooh, salty. I don't know. I just got sick of his podcast where just everything, every word out of his mouth was a lie. <laughs> and my favorite was when they did the Ruthless Aggression docuseries in Peacock. Did you watch mm. that? Yeah. Definitely. It's the one episode where they talked about changing WWF to WWE. And Pritchard's like, well, we just need an attitude change. We decided let's get the F out. That's why we did it. Really? This is the history we're going to do? <laughs> and like, I know people shit on Meltzer a lot and all that, but without him, the history we, we would have of wrestling is what WWF tells you it is. So, uh, speaking of the get the F out thing, I lived in Philly for a number of years. and Big pop for Lex, to- by the way, as he comes out looking like a car salesman on the 4th of July sale. With giant shoulders built into that suit. I don't think they're built in. I think those are his natural shoulders. I think they're pointy too. So I live in a similar climate to where you you live. Yeah. Very cold in the winter. Um, most places at this time didn't have air conditioning, including this building. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll watch. As this promo goes on, Lex is just like dying, dripping with sweat. Well, you think, I, don't, I mean, I wonder if it's a nice wool suit. It doesn't doesn't breathe very well. Do you think Vince told him he has to wear a suit, pal? Definitely. I would it's think Vince's suit. <laughs> I would think you would want him in an all Americana, you know, American flag shirt or something. Does he have stars on his uh his necktie? He does. Of course he does. That's why he said he looks like a car salesman on a Fourth of July sale at the dealership. They stopped at the local dollar store to dress the table up. They did. They've got party favors on the side of it. And they've got the stars on the table, too. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> Guys are just locked on each other. Contract signings are always the same with wrestling, but I love a good contract signing. It always keep, it always piques my interest. It's a great wrestling trope. Yep. There's no other sport. That does this, like a contract sign that turn. I guess boxing during press conferences is pretty similar, where they're like, it's always a melee. Yeah. But you see Vince wearing the button. Oh yeah, he's all aboard. He's wearing a tuxedo. He's got cufflinks too. I was watching old Hall of Fame speeches this week, and I was watching the Warrior one, and he made a really good point talking about. He's like, you know, all these NFL players dressing like Ultimate Warrior, dressing like wrestlers. He goes. Other athletes dress like wrestlers. Wrestlers don't dress like football players or baseball players. I'm like, that's true. Screw us other wrestlers. Screw other athletes. Knuckleball Schwartz. Ah, damn. Forgot about him. <laughs> well, he's also the Brooklyn Brawler, so. <laughs> Here, Jim Cornette's just tearing down Lex. Tearing him down. So uh, we have a... Oh, come on. Who's the New Zealand guy? Jobber from the 80s in the background. Outback Jack? No. He's one of the uh, Stooges back there. I can't oh, think of his name. I don't know. 
we don't have OVP with us to have some, the random thing. But, yep, yes. Lex is already sweating. I can see him. He's dripping. Man, poor Lex. <laughs> that Imagine the swamp ass he's going to, because he's probably going to get back in his rental car, or I guess the Lex Express bus, and go to the next town. So from my memory, the bus was not there. I definitely saw the uh, WWF tractor trailers, though. I would hope the bus was there. I would have loved this if Luger was wearing his priest shirt that he wore in his debut in Nitro. <laughs> and that yeah. was the only dress shirt he had. Vince is pretty sweaty here, too, by the way, in his suit. Luger's blinking the sweat out of his eyes here. Was this the main event of the show for you guys? Was this it? I'm looking here. No, I think they had some matches. Yeah, after. there's a match after this one. This is kind of the this is like the middle of the show semi main event thing. They may have been dark matches, but I don't remember this ending the show. Yeah. Could you were you able to hear and everything with this, or was it was it mic'd up well? No, it was not mic'd up well. <laughs> no idea what they're saying. Man, poor Lex. Lex is just. Like someone sprayed him. You know, like when you go to Disney World, they've got the misting spray fan <laughs> things. It's what he looks like. He's just covered in sweat. Jack Doan out there. Pat Patterson. So this has also got the tiny WWF mic cube. It's not a very big one. It's like a Mean Gene style one that Vince is holding. I was also confused when Lex came why he wasn't using the torture rack. He was just using the forearm. That's... He did later, though, didn't he? In the WWF? I don't think so. I thought they referred to it as the rebel rack. It's possible, but, I mean, the torture rack was my favorite finisher in video games to use. Like, he's going to rack them! Everyone's yeah. getting racked! Definitely a part of uh, oh, WrestleMania, the arcade game. Yes, yes, it was. Well, I was referring to more like WCW NWO Revenge. That was my my big one. Hey yo, what do you? Who's hey yo now? The bad guy coming out? Yeah. This was when Razor was still like he's he still was bad. cooler. Like no, no, because he's good. Because remember he faces DiBiase in the main event or in the opening match of SummerSlam '93, DiBiase's last match. Oh, I missed his name. Dan Double. <laughs> the Doobster. What do you think that guy's doing oh, right now? I like how uh, Razor's got Bill the red, Alfonso. white, and blue wristbands, too. You notice that? Oh, yeah, he does. Definitely face that. He's on the Lex Express. The guy he's facing here looks like a guy from Beyond the Mat, where, where Modest is ready. That's what they're saying. They're saying Modest is ready. That's a nice Love bridge. Hope. Nice wrestling, nice wrestling move for a change. Give me a tape of this, will you? All right. <laughs> Let's steal that. Let's steal that. Uh, and I don't know if you're even with me here, but I loved when Razor did the abdominal stretch and he'd pull the leg back for the extra little something. Bill Alfonso, former WC, or I'm sorry, ECW manager. Guys, ass kicked by Beulah, McGillicuddy, or Francine, or whoever it was in that bloody match. I'm just thinking yeah. your poor friend's oh. dad this entire time. Because let's be honest, this rock kind of sucks. <laughs> your poor friend's dad is sitting there the entire time in this sweaty-ass building, probably thinking, when's this going to be over? <laughs> Got an hour drive back home. It's Sunday. I guess it was summer, at least. You didn't have school the next day, right? You didn't have school, no. It Which was sleep. Which was probably a big reason why you were able to go. Yeah. Were you, was your wrestling obsession encouraged or just ignored or kind of like shoved to the side? How'd your family and friends feel about that? Oh, I was harassed by it, by my family. I mean, they all told me at every moment that they could how fake it was. And except my brother, he would tell me, how it was real when he watched it, but it was fake now. <laughs> I mean, they obviously were okay with it enough to buy you toys for every holiday and every yeah. every yeah, birthday. For 
the things that I liked and stuff, but mm-hmm. just in front of me at every moment that they could. I mean, has that changed as you've gotten older? Because let's be real here. I'm sure your obsessions just gotten worse as you've gotten older. Now that you have a couple bucks for yourself. Um, the harassment has been less. <laughs> let's say that. Even better. I just don't notice it. Now that much. you've given them a grandchild, they're, they're allowing you to be a little more goofy. No, my mom has been very supportive. She's gotten me a lot of things over the years, but. But that's got to make you feel nice. Like, you know, people see wrestling things, they think of you. And I don't know if if this ever runs into you. So I'm not a big going out and hanging out with people thing. So, like, my wife will be like, oh, we're going to my friend's house and her husband's there. You guys will get along. And I always have the Seinfeld, like, thing of why do people think I like somebody? I hate everybody. Why would I like this person? (laughs) And inevitably, like, people are, I get it. People are trying to be nice. But like the they I don't I generally don't like telling people that I'm into wrestling and have this podcast because if they're not a fan, you get the condescending. Oh, that's cool wrestling. Yeah, Hulk. Hogan. I used to watch with Hulk Hogan, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. We don't have to talk about wrestling, man. Like I have other interests. Like we can make small talk. It's fine. I can. You could tell me about your fantasy football team or something. Your or your golf game. Like we don't have to do this. But I don't know. Just just to me, I always get the condescending thing like oh you watched the the wrestlemania yeah that's cool i, I saw it on tv the other day i was flipping the channels cool <laughs> a lot less of that over the last 15 years than prior yeah like but back it, in the, that was always it but but it wasn't like it's not now, making fun of me necessarily it's just it's just a i don't know i don't like talking about it <laughs> and i have a podcast talking about wrestling but i just like talking about it with people <laughs> i'm pretty open with my banner I mean, when my wife and I first started dating, she was very uncomfortable with it and like wanted to hide it. It was funny. But like she wasn't, it wasn't like a we, secret that came out like months in a dating. Was it, or was it that <gasps> you liked wrestling? Oh, that was like a second, third date thing. When you showed up with your Hogan shirt. <laughs> I, I said, okay, we're doing this multiple times. I have something you need to know about me. <laughs> oh my God. Was it like an actual conversation? And then yeah. you t- Oh my god. Time out, time out, time out. We got Jim Cornette's in the rig, by the way. And we just had a uh SummerSlam report with Mean Gene, which is weird. Mean Gene 93 WWF just doesn't feel right to me. Um so let's rewind back as the Heavenly Bodies come out. What year is this you first meet your wife? Like what Marshall. year? That's fine. What year did you first meet your wife? Probably like 2007, 2008. Okay. Are you pretty much watching every week still? Are you like a lapsed fan, wrestling fan-wise? I mean, I know you've got all the old stuff, but what about do stuff? Yeah, I've always been watching every week. So, you you know, you meet this girl, go out on a date, and you have another date, and then you like, you sit her down. And I, okay. she's probably thinking, I've got this, you have this confession. I want to be there in the room while this conversation goes. So I, it was at her house. She'd like cooked burgers in the backyard and we're sitting on her patio set. I said, I got something I need to tell you. I am big professional wrestling fan. I have been for most of my life. And it's a big part of who I am. It doesn't have to be a part of who you are. But it's always going to be a part of who I am. And part of that is that I have a borderline addiction to buying wrestling toys. This is a lot. I took How a many... breath and said, okay. But I don't, you see, I don't think she really fully grasped it when you told her that. She probably thought, oh, he's probably got a couple things in a box. <laughs> she probably didn't until we moved in. <laughs> So she didn't know all your shit until you guys moved in together? Well, I mean, it was displaced. Some of it was back at my parents' house, which was quite far away from where we lived at the time. A lot of it was at my apartment. Like, I had, like, all the new stuff that I collected. That is hilarious. That's amazing. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, seriously. I mean, I hear a lot of people talk about, like, how do you talk about your collection with... A potential partner. You got to put it right out there unless you're willing to not let it be a part of your life. I'm like, this is kind of who I am. Yeah. I think 
so with my wife, when we met, I was just kind of starting to get back into it. I had gone to WrestleMania the year before, 23 and 24. So I was just kind of getting back into it. And I wasn't really buying stuff yet. And so she kind of, we were dating as it grew back into an obsession. Like I grew back and I like fell back in love, so to say, with wrestling. So she didn't really get it from out of nowhere. So she got gradually brought into it. And she'll watch every once in a while and she kind of knew what was going on. So, But she's not a big fan, which is fine. I don't need her to be. But I just think that's funny of you. Oh, so I have something to tell you. She's probably thinking this guy's got like a a, a room full of toenails. He saved his whole life or something like that. Or something weird. This is who I am. She goes, oh God, it's even worse. He likes wrestling. Is this the main event? The Heavenly Bodies versus a couple jobber tag team? So one of the jobbers is uh, Mike Bucci, uh, Simon Dean. I mean, he's Super st- nice. I mean, still a jobber in my book. Definitely. <laughs> he became kind of someone. Mm-hmm. Do you have any of the FTC Jim Cornette figures? Yeah, I have the first one. They're pretty good, I think, as far as FTC goes. They're not bad. Yeah, it, it's okay. I had a couple... You have a, you have one of the newer ones, don't you? Yeah, I have the Christmas one, yeah. He autographed it in a Sharpie, the jerk. I might open you it at some point. So but, I open mine up, so the arms kind of fall off on my... <laughs> Poor FTC. <laughs> they try so hard, or they don't try so hard. Have you picked up any of the AEW figures? Um... Well, I told you I have, and I still don't know her name, the second Riho. female in the red gear. Yeah. So I have her. Okay. And I just recently picked up the uh, ringside exclusive Cody. The one with all the heads? With all the heads and the neck tattoo, and he comes with a TNT belt. Why'd you get that? Because he's in WWF now, so you need him for fig photography? Yeah, okay. after WrestleMania. So okay. I will say the AEW Sting, probably the best Sting that's ever been made. <laughs> just throwing that out there. It looks like they took Steve Borden and just put him in a package. Move and feel. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in the package, so I don't know. I'm a mint on card guy now, Nate. Sorry to break your heart. That doesn't break my heart. You can always turn the page. Literally. Mint on card figures can be opened. That's true. That's true, they can. What do you think about, I guess it doesn't matter to you, but you hear like there's rumors of packaging being changed because of the plastic windows, kind of just making everything yeah. all cardboard. In the loose collector perspective is like with this face printing technology, you can't tell if the, the paint looks good. Right. But, I mean, it's what it is. I think at some point something will get developed like a, clear cardboard or something will get made. Yeah, or some like plant-based plastic material. Yeah, some old milk jugs. <laughs> so this you're the so everyone probably knows Nate's the big figure collector guy. For ringside photography all that stuff. So this show we just watched besides the Macho Midget Who's one figure you would like that we'd never gotten on this show? Or a better version of someone on this show that we saw? Who's that? I said just one? I mean, you can make a couple. Oh, let me think. I mean... Mr. Hughes? Yeah, I I have a custom Mr. Hughes, so I'm happy with that. Okay. So, I would go like... Heavenly bodies. How about one Beverly brother? <laughs> not yeah. you don't get both, just one of them. I thought of that. I'm like, no, I can't have one Beverly brother. I need both of them. We got a Hasbro commercial. <laughs> this is like a non-normal one because it gets the it's the one that's got Skinner and Hogan with it. Like you know the non-tan Hogan. I like that figure. I liked having a Hogan that wasn't wearing his shirt. I just sold it. My loose one. 
So I've been selling some Hasbros that I had no attachment to growing up. And that was one of them because I never had it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sell this. I got like 70 bucks for it. So I'm like, why not? It did suck that he wasn't tan though. Yeah. And he, he was like, it's like a body was small too. So I got a controversial take here. My favorite Hasbro Hogan is the Hulk hug. Yeah. You've told me that before. You can have it. But he can body slam people. He can. He's got a great tan. Which one is yours? The press slam or the one with the the fist pump? Because he's got the bandana. Yeah. Number three. Okay. He can do everything, man. He can slam. He can suplex. (laughs) He can do everything. He can clothesline. I guess. Fist for like a Hulk punch. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're at the end of Raw here. We're wrapping up. I mean, what, what, what about any... Any final memories of the show? Anything we didn't talk about that, you know, when you're there, you're just, did you bring a disposable camera? Like, where were you this time? Um, I didn't have a camera. My friend's dad did, and he knew the guy that was sitting in front of us. So we got, like, pictures from both of those cameras. Okay. I'm assuming you still have those prints. Oh, absolutely. You got to blow those up, make them into a giant canvas. Yeah, I can share some of those with you. Do it. So, at face value, it looks like a crappy show if you look at the matches and stuff. But I look back at it fondly just for, like, who was there? I mean, I got to see Vince. Mm -hmm. I got to see Bobby Heenan. I got to see Macho Man. I got to see Macho Man wrestle the night before, or on the previous episode. Steiner Brothers, Razor Ramon. I mean... It was everything to me at that age. And I still look back at it fondly. When you put it like that, getting to see Bobby Heenan, Macho Man wrestle Vince, did they, for the announcers, did they do an announcement or they just walk out? They walked out and I remember everybody trying to like slap Vince's hand and he did slap a couple hands, which was kind of cool. Um, Macho yeah. Man? Did he get? Did Macho Man, when he was the ring announcer, get an announcement? Because he had a match, but for the second show, he was the announcer. I don't remember him getting announced outside of his match. Okay. Well, I get it. It's fun to look back at, and I like talking to people that went to shows because I'm a crazy person and obsessed over details. Like, how did it smell in there? And <laughs> based on how Luger was sweating, I'm guessing not great. I think it smells. It smells like horses. Horse face. Horse face, exactly. Smelled like that. <laughs> yeah. But anything else you want to talk about with these guys this show before we wrap up? Or... Um, yeah, I just, like, you talked about the merch. Mm-hmm. We did I merch during the show. Mm-hmm. We got it as we were on the way out, and I just remember it being a mob scene. Yeah. Um, oh, this poor kid's day. He's like, oh, God, you guys want merch? <laughs> like, let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had to sober up. And to be fair, he brought us to another wrestling show after this, so I think there was a little part of him that liked it. Okay, it's a thing. It's a it's a it's fun. Yeah. Has your wife ever been to a show? Yes, she went to a one Raw with me. Okay, but she did she did not make the trip to WrestleMania with you a couple of years ago. No, no. She was out. Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna hop on a plane and go across country next year to to California? Oof, I don't know. We'll see. Ah, you'll do it. If you harass me enough. Well, here's why well, I was a hundred percent a no for next year. Cause I, I don't like LA, but then Jeff from fully polls brought up. He goes, well, you do know Disneyland's right there. So you can bring the kids. I'm like, son of a bitch. You're right. <laughs> now I might have to go. <laughs> so you could bring the little one. Disneyland for little Jack. Come on. Yeah. But then I have to like negotiate leaving for WrestleMania. No, no. Here's what you do. You you, you get their rest Disneyland's first, right? First few days. Second few days is all for you. Bring the kids to WrestleCon, have Lenny Poffo meet him. <laughs> I don't know as if he's allowed. Hello there. What is your name? <laughs> so his name's Jack. Oh, that's a weird name. <laughs> okay, Lanny. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Who else could who else could he meet? That would be awkward, like a hilarious picture of like a kid. I think Lanny Poffo's got to be the tops. We were I forgot who I was talking with about how dumb the genius was for not having mini frisbees with poems on them. He could have sold those for like a hundred bucks. Joe last week. Yeah. You know, you could have been so much money. Think that he doesn't think that his Lanny Poffo character is remembered. He probably thinks people only remember the genius, but he had nothing. No. He had was that comic book that I think somebody set a stack of in front of him. Yeah, he didn't even have eight by tens. He didn't even have shoes <laughs> or socks. He didn't have a price guide sign. <laughs> he didn't have a price. He just showed up. He th- he just showed up and said, "Hello." He was, I I imagine his contract was fly me to New York, give me a hotel, and I'll be there. He he didn't care about payment. He just wanted a free vacation. Well, he probably was at Access too because. He's been at Access in the past before. He gets like sit at a table with him, you know, Nikolai Volkov and and uh, like the Hongi Talk Man at one random table or something like that, <laughs> which they like to do. But I don't know. It could be a scene. We'll see. We'll see. I've got uh, a few shows coming up here. That big AEW New Japan show, which you know you're a big New Japan fan. So um, they <laughs> the Chicago show. I was able to snag a few tickets. So. I think I'm gonna go. I might sell them. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, if the if the tickets skyrocket like All Out did last year, I'll sell them. But otherwise, I'm gonna go. Um, other than that, yeah, lots of fun wrestling stuff. Uh, the regular show. Hopefully, we'll be back pretty soon with Eric coming back. And we still want to do a Spring Stampede '94. Want to do a WCW show. It was fun last week with Joel from OVP doing the WCW show, The Clash of the Champions, also '94. And it's fun to go back to those shows where I remember watching week to week and wrestling just being the most important thing in the world to me. Now it's important, but I don't live or die if I miss a show. Back then it was, I missed superstars. What am I going to do? I'm not going to know what I'm going to (laughs) do. What tape am I going to rent? All that stuff. But of course, back then, if you missed it, you didn't know if you'd ever see it again either. You have to wait to the WWF magazine photos if it was a pay-per-view to get the results. You know, or yeah, the stills, courtesy of WWE magazine, WWF at the time magazine. <laughs> at the time, that's what it is. That's what it is. All right, Nate. Well, thanks for jumping on, coming down memory lane, looking back at a show at a simpler time. Ten-year-old you going to a paper to a Monday Night Raw, picking up a two by four, and having a grand old time. It was probably what ten bucks for that two by four. All of the money you had in the world at the time. I think it was eight. Ooh. For the two by four, six for the sunglasses. Okay. You still got those shades? Yep. You got to get Brett to sign those. A few years back at WrestleCon, people were paying Brett to put the shades on them a la, like a show, like a being uh, fun uh, thing. So that'd been pretty cool. Yeah, well, you know, I uh, put shades pretty good on people, you know, <laughs> not like Terry, piece of shit. <laughs> You heard a couple weeks ago when Eric told the story about for Brett's book about he drew the beefcake picture yes. of, of Hogan's ass. His picture beefcake be like, oh, do to do to do. What the hell is this? He didn't do anything to you, Brett. Anyway, you know I was really good at drawing Hogan's ass. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I drew a good I good drew a good Hogan's ass, and you know, beefcake was up there anyway. I figured I don't know anyway, which <laughs> wife who can I cheat on Julie with tonight? That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his book. <laughs> Basically what it is, talking about the warm breasts of a woman up against his back every night. That's what he talks about. 180 pages of infidelity. <laughs> and drugs. My life in wrestling. It's a Bret Hart story. <laughs> I think we'll, we will wrap up on that. Guys, follow Nate on Twitter, at Ringskirts, and also, as well on Instagram, Ringskirts. He's always posted figure photography, He's got something coming up in the works with a new arena, so we will wait on that. I'm not going to spoil it, so guys, make sure you follow him for that, for his next big project. And also, you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. I want to thank, again, Joel from the Vantage Point Podcast for coming on last week. Thank all of our podcast friends. I'm not going to do the full shit out this week because it's a special show. Uh, But make sure to subscribe to this show, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, and your favorite podcast app for future shows that come to your phone, to your iPhone, to your 
Zune or your Dell DJ, whatever you got that gets your favorite played, plays your, well, plays your favorite podcast. We'll be there for you. And if you want to leave a review, if you're an iTunes user, please do that. And we will read it on the air if we have them. Those are always fun to do too. All right, Nate. Anything else? That's all. Stay tuned. New arena coming within the next month or so. Ooh, baby. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. It's not a free time for me.